Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans with your host, Davin and Kyle. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come to y'all with a new episode. We are two weeks away from the draft and, you know, off-season programs started for NFL teams per se. But um, very excited for the draft coming up. And man, we got a special, special episode for y'all once again. But before we get into that, um, what's going on with you, Kyle? How you feeling? I'm doing good. Um, as I said, I recently, you know, been diving in a little bit more into um, looking at some of this college tape. So, you know, I'll be into, you know, uh, very uh, excited, to, you know, to talk some of it. Talk about some of these guys I'm, I'm stumbling upon now. So, yeah, uh, everything's good, though. That's, that's what's up, man. And, yeah, we definitely going to get more into that. But um, right now we got we got a special guest for y'all. Um, I think y'all know him. Uh, babe, star star on YouTube, you know, um, football analyst, uh, Garrett. What's going on, Garrett? How you feeling, man? What's up, fellas? How we doing? I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, one of the co-hosts live in the same state, Maryland. You know how we do? We love yeah. Maryland. <laughs> yes, we do. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Um, so let's let's jump right into these questions. Um, the first one, we know that you know that the Jets, us, signed Sancha, uh, your boy, because you're you're a Vikings fan. Um, Cronklin, um, how how did you feel? How did you feel about losing him, and what and what us Jets fans could can expect from him? Yeah, so Tyler Tyler was a rookie back in 2018, and whenever Tyler entered the league, Kyle Rudolph was coming off a Pro Bowl year in 2017, and naturally he was going to as a fifth round rookie and at a position that already takes a little longer to develop than average, he was going to be very second, third fiddle at his position. And that was in an offense with Dalvin cook, Latavius Murray, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs back in the day. So it, it naturally was going to take him a little bit of time to develop. And I was really glad uh, for Tyler as a person in a contract year in 2021 you know, he balled out. He had 61 catches, 593 yards, three touchdowns. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And, you know, you give Zach Wilson, a guy who, I mean, you guys know as Jets fans, had a horrific tight end room last year to yes. immediately this offseason, not only with Tyler, but you get a guy in CJ Zama who they're good veteran presences and they're only going to positively impact the locker room, which is something we've already seen uh, Robert Salah do. And from a personal, from my team standpoint, you know, I was definitely upset about about losing Tyler, but at the same time, you know, go get the back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one, and I feel like we'll see some uh, some two tight end sets. Um, hopefully that that will work out as well. Um, go right ahead, Kyle. Um, I would say so far, you know, with the off season, you know, probably being the middle of the way and uh, the drafts coming up uh, in a couple of couple of weeks, uh, I would say, who would you feel is your um your team's biggest uh, off-season signing? Our biggest off-season signing was, uh, without a doubt, Zadarius Smith. Getting him from the Packers, I mean, it's it's a double whammy. You know what I mean? It's similar, but, you know, in your guys' division, when uh, whenever the Patriots got Stephon Gilmore from the Bills, and it was a pretty big deal at the time. But for us to – I mean, we obviously aren't the Patriots, but for us to take away from, you know, a team that's ran the division the past three years and has a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, how do you, how do you try and stop? I mean, you really – 
I mean, teams have few and far between. We saw the Saints best them back in week 138-3. No big deal, not that I remember that. But, uh, you know, how do you stop a, a four-time league MVP future Hall of Fame quarterback? I mean, you got you got to get after the quarterback. And now I'm glad that I'm glad that we got to Darius this offseason. It was tremendous. And uh, I'm, he's already impacting the, you know, I don't want to say the community, but he's impacting his teammates. You know, they all went to a Timberwolves playing uh, NBA uh, postseason game last night and there was like 20 guys there and Zedarius was right in the middle it's tremendous veteran impact and then of course getting them from effectively big brother in the division I absolutely loved it yeah um and I feel like and I feel like this should be a, a make a break uh yeah for Kirk Cousins do y'all see yourselves uh drafting a quarterback just because of that 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 huge contract that he got with the one year uh all guaranteed I think it was 35 million yeah, so with with Kirk, I would be with especially with the the extension, the one year. I would be shocked if we if we took a quarterback because that that one year really, and then there's a little like another gap year in there with the the contract will be extended into 2023 and 24. Even though Kirk's not you know on the roster those years at this time, but I'd be really mm-hmm. shocked if we took a quarterback. And with not only the quarterback position, but you'll see with the rest of this draft class. You know, Kenny Pickett's not the only guy who's older, you know, and COVID obviously not to, you know, get in that discussion as much as to just say one of the lasting effects of COVID from an NFL draft standpoint was guys naturally red used that red shirt year in 2020 because, you know, hey, this isn't going to improve my stock. I can come back next year and I can go from either a borderline, you know, undrafted free agent to maybe second, third round pick or in Kenny's case, go for maybe a sixth or seventh to what will probably be a top 10 pick. So the only way mm. that I see Minnesota taking a quarterback is if Malik Willis is there, who's viewed consensusly as a project, but even Malik in his own rights is going to be 23 by opening day next year or wow. in this year in September. Yeah. Go right ahead. Kyle. Okay. So I would say since we're, you know, on the, the subject of quarterbacks, um, knowing, I would say, with, um, you know, Kurt coming to the end of his years and you presently having um, uh, drafted a quarterback in um, Kellen Munn, um, I would say um, so far, you know, I'm probably sure it's been limited, but would it, have you seen anything from him that you can say that there's a possibility that he would be able to take over the reins? No, and what the thing is, is I think at the end of the day, I think Kellen's going to get the, uh, the short end of the stick because Kellen was – he was a former regime selection and with the new regime, new GM, new head coach. I mean, at the end of the day, I hate to say what's, and this is what an early third round pick. Cause he was taking, you know, the second pick in the third round. Cause we traded with you guys last year, but at the end of the day, if there's a quarterback prospect in the near future that they like more, I hate to say it, but Kellen's, he's just going to be, he's just going to get the short end of the stick out of that one. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's a sad situation, but um, this the draft just seems like a smokescreen right now because it's one week we're hearing this, and now this week we're hearing that uh, the Jags are interested in Trayvon Walker, and he could be the number one pick because they feel like he could be an Alden Smith. Um, how do you feel about that per se, and what? And if they and if they was to choose him number one, how would it change the uh, the draft for other teams? Yeah, I think I think uh, you're saying if they take Aiden at one, right? Yeah, if they take uh, Trayvon Walker, number one pick. Oh, the if, they, if, they, if they take Trayvon from Georgia, uh, to me personally, I think I think I said this earlier today, but I think I think Trent Balky, the GM, should just be fired on the spot. I mean, we're talking about a guy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I, about, I, I mean, 
no, no disrespect to Trayvon, right? He's, he's a freak athlete, but we're talking about the number one overall pick. You know, we're not, we're not talking, you know, late first, maybe early mid second. We're talking about the number one overall pick when there's already a, you know, a great prospect there. And you can even say two with, with both Aiden Hutchinson and then Kayvon from Oregon, but I'm not a fan of taking a guy who at this point is a good run defender. I'm not a, I'm not a mm. fan of taking him solely on the projection that, oh, well, in 2024, well, you know, his third year, he'll be a 12 or 13 sack player. Can you guarantee that? No, of course not. Right. So give me who's probably going to be a high productive player as it is already in Nate Hutchinson over him every, every day of the week. All right, heck up. Um, I would say, okay, with that being said, in terms of this, us talking about the, the draft right now, um, two-part question, um, since we spoke about Trayvon, I would say, because we had, me and Davin had a little bit of a conversation beforehand, and I was saying that, you know, from what I saw from him, I, I liked the kid's production, um, and just like his physicality, but there was a little bit of a concern for me in terms of what his production would be on the next level being that um he was playing next to um um Jordan and 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 Y Davis so I would say what's your take on that do you think it's him being more of the 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 stellar player or do you think he had a bit of help because of who he was playing on that defensive line yeah that's 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 a terrific question and by the way uh, to answer this short answer, yes. Long answer, I do think Trayvon was not the only beneficiary on that Georgia defense. You know, I think whether it's Lewis seen back in the sec- secondary, whether it's N'Kobe Dean or Quay Walker uh, in the middle of that defense, you know, whether they're getting, you know, blocks picked apart by uh, Jordan Davis down in the front or Devontae Wyatt, you know, in the other part, I think all in all, every Georgia defender, played off of one another, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's just Trayvon specifically, but to answer the original question, I do think Trayvon had significantly more help, you know, with his teammates than what Aiden had at, at Michigan. And that's just yet another reason why I would take Aiden over Trayvon at number one. All right. Interesting. Go right ahead, Kyle. And just to follow up um, with that being said, with, um, with your Vikings, is there anybody that's particularly sticking out that you think that, um, that they should uh, pick up to, to fill whatever needs they have in that first yeah, round? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge proponent of Derek Stingley, uh, corner from LSU. Mm. The only thing that worries me is if you look at our corner depth chart, it's led by a 32-year-old Patrick Peterson and the third-year player who was selected in the third round in Cam Dantzler. There's a couple of former fifth and seventh round picks. And I mean, they're, they're about what they are. They're depth, right? So the only thing that concerns me with us at 12 is, you know, who's to say a team that like Baltimore that might need a corner who's to say they don't just trade up with Washington and just, you know, Hey, Washington commanders, let's, you know, you guys need a lot of help and receiver. There's more than likely still going to be a good receiver at 14. Just go ahead and just, you know, we'll give you an extra three or something. So that, that concerns me, but about, you know, as open as it is that we need a corner, but I would love Derek Stingley jr. From LSU. And that is uh, of course, assuming that Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati is long off the board by then. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing about uh Gardner's gonna be gone. Um, but but with Stingley, you don't you don't um 
you don't have a concern with his injuries per se? Because I know that in freshman year, he had a, a fantastic year. Then he was like second and third year. He was on and off with, with injuries. You know, does that uh, play a part? And 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 does it concern you with, with uh, wanting him? Normally, I would say yes. And I, to uh, back up me, you know, being a homer and just saying, oh, he's, he's you know, he's good. Like Trayvon's uh, – not good because of production, but, you know, Derek Stingley's good because of injury. But what doesn't bother me about Stingley is he ran a 40 and he ran everything the other day. And the concerns were, you know, his explosiveness, the lower body, because he had a Liz Frank injury, which is, which is what Travis Etienne had just missed the entire year. And, you know, Derek's running a sub four, four at six, one. And obviously, you know, as, as the height increases, usually the speed decreases, but yeah, there's nothing. I would, I would trust uh Quezzy and the medical team's research far beyond you know what i have access to and i would be i'd be willing to bet that there's there's been a lot of money that's already you know what i mean that's been developed into that from not just from minnesota but from other teams that that also want to take stingley in the draft go right ahead Carl. um i would say speaking on your uh, your secondary um and i say you mentioned him uh it, it was a guy that i actually wanted um to just to draft um, when he was coming out, I would say, what's, what's your um, opinion on um, Cameron Danzler and, and what he's done so far? Yeah. So, so Danzler was, I mean, back in 2020, you know, Danzler seemingly like every rookie, maybe except Justin Herbert and, and Chase Young and Justin Jefferson, a couple others, Cameron struggled at, at, at first, right. Especially at a position like corner where, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to be going from facing maybe if you're in the Big Ten, you know, even in the SEC like Cam Dancer was, you might be facing a receiver from Kentucky or Vanderbilt. And then, and then the next week you get Justin Jefferson. But, you know, in the NFL, you're getting Justin Jefferson's Devontae Adams. You're getting those guys pretty much every week. And in a year where there was no preseason to get, you know, really the worst of the worst play you'll have out. What did you, I mean, I know you guys I don't expect you guys to know this, but week one, 2020, who the Vikings play? They played. The Packers, Devontae Adams goes for 150 yards, three touchdowns. That's obviously not all on Cam, but there was definitely a learning curve from him in 2020. And then over the past year, he was he was in Mike Zimmer's doghouse for a little bit, which that was that was a very uh, frustrating thing to go through to have a young player who, you know, there's high potential for Cam. Not to say he's going to be a top, you know, top of the player, but he can be he can be a good starter for us. But when you're in the doghouse, you're not getting playing time. It's it's frustrating for him and for the team and the fans, right? But I do think heading into year three, we're going to see a lot more from Cam than we've seen in the first two. Agree with you on that one. And um, speaking of that, um, so of course us Jets uh, get we got the number four and the number ten pick um, with with uh, so many needs that uh, the Jets have. I know the Jets had a good offseason so far, but you know, to make it a, a perfect draft for the Jets. And I know that we traded with y'all to get uh, Vera Tucker. You know, we thank y'all for that. But um, <laughs> what what um, what can make the the perf- what can make the Jets get an A in them, in them first two picks? Should they trade back or should they should they stick with the pick? And who would your picks be for them? For me right now, what, what I think has benefited the Jets throughout the draft process throughout the last couple months is – you know, media, the media definitely, and I play a part in this to a degree. You know, I, of course, like to get my jokes in. But, you know, on a serious note with Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, what, what he, do, he doesn't love the game now because he wants to make 
as much money as he can, you know, like, oh man, like I, I don't want to have, you know, $72 in my bank account to, you know, try to get it to whatever, however many million tomorrow. Right. You know? Right. So what I, you know, having said that with Kayvon, I think he's going to fall into the Jets lap at four. And I think Robert Salah and Joe Douglas are licking their chops saying, man, did we play that to a T? We played that as perfect as we could. And I don't think there's going to be any overthinking when Kayvon's on the board at four. At this point, I'd be shocked if he's not there at four for them. And at 10, this goes back to a conversation we had earlier with the, uh, with the tight ends. I think you have to get Zach Wilson as many weapons as possible. So whichever receiver they deem to be the best at that point in time, personally, my favorite fit for the jets is uh, Drake London. The big guy He's nearing six, four He's about two He's like a bigger Michael Thomas. And if you pair him with Elijah Moore with Michael Carter, and then you go into the, you know, the second round, they have 35 and 38. Maybe that's a little too early for a running back, depending if Brees Hall from Iowa State's there, but uh, that's a hell of a start to building around your young quarterback. Mm. Oh, great. Great take on that one. Um, go right ahead, Kyle. Um, I would say uh, keeping with the draft. Um, I know there's like been, like as I've been watching, there's been a couple of guys that, you know, I've noticed that could possibly be a couple of steals um, in the draft. Um Two particularly, um, I was thinking of um, from the wide receiver position was um, um, I forget his name um, Ellis from I think from Cincinnati and Christian Watson from um, North Dakota State, and I was like it was funny because I was looking at those guys and they ended up on um, surprisingly they ended up on Chris Sims' um, top five wide receiver list. So um, I was like with that saying. Um, is there any sleepers that you feel that um, are being overlooked right now as being, uh, you know, that could really uh, be a steal for someone in the draft in a, in a mid to late round? Yeah, absolutely. This is there's a, there's a receiver from uh, from UCLA. He's a little guy, Kyle Phillips. Love his game. I think what he has is going to translate really well at the uh, at the next level. And one player that I really like, I mean, he's not going to be mid to late round, but a player that I think has fallen a little bit over the past couple of weeks. And I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's the emergence of receiver Sky Moore and then Khalil Shakir from Boise State. But I think Penn State's Jahan Dotson, is, he's really started to fall down boards. You know, I used to see him around the 25, 28, you see Green Bay snag and maybe Kansas City, especially one of those teams now, given the situation that they're in after trading Devontae and Tyreek. But I think Jahan's just, you know, he's fallen. I see him in the mid-40s, you know, the 50 area. And then there's a there's a Wisconsin linebacker that I absolutely love. I'm going to be doing a video on him at some point. And that's Leo Chanel. We've, I feel like as the draft community, I feel like we've got into this sort of habit where – if a linebacker's not a Ryan Shazier, a guy that a healthy Ryan Shazier, a guy that can go sideline to sideline, make every tackle, you know, he's going to go from covering a tight end to across the field. He's going to tackle running back behind the play on a screen, right? If we don't have that player, then, oh, let's just bring him down to the third or fourth round just because. And to me, Leo Chanel is, he's a textbook player that's going to start for your team for eight to nine years, might make a pro bowl or two. And I absolutely love his game, the way he blows up blocks. And it's, he's not just, you know, he's not just this, you know, this big beefy linebacker that can only play two downs. He's, I mean, of course he's going to struggle like all rookies do, especially linebackers, right? 
But that's a player that I love, and I think you're going to get a quality starter out of him for eight to nine years, and all of a sudden he's in the mid to late second, early third round. Mm. Yeah, very yeah. interesting take. You got another question, Carl? No, I was saying I was I was just going to um co-sign his um Leo Chanel <laughs> pick. Like I, I've been looking at some of his um, you know, his film and oh, I love him, dude. One of the he's he's I would say to to not to say from a standpoint of um how I project he's going to be, but his style of play reminds me of an Erlacher. Like he's a real hard nosed downhill running, filling the gap. You don't want to meet him there type of linebacker, you know, right. that has that also has a bit of coverage skills. So yeah, I'm definitely he's definitely someone that that um was on my radar as well. For sure. And the uh, the only thing that kind of annoys me is whenever discussing someone like Leo Chanel is, you know, every player has their their weaknesses, right? You know, do we does Tom Brady suck now because he can't run because he's not Lamar Jackson, right? Every player has their deficiencies. Some, you know, some a little bigger than others. But I, with Leo, I think the NFL is just at a point where they're overthinking. And it's just like, guys, a starter for a long time is staring you in the face. Don't overthink this. Wow. I definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, just just a few more questions, and we'll we'll make sure to get up out of here. Um, what what is the chances of either AJ Brown, DK McCaff, Debo Samuel, uh, Debo Samuels, or McLaurin being traded in the draft, and why? Is this is this just to the Jets? This is or- the re- this is the regular question out out the air. Okay. Because we, because you know that this has been a crazy offseason, probably Absolutely. one of the craziest offseasons ever in NFL history. So, oh, yeah. do you could you could you see one of those guys getting trade for the for the right price? So, so to answer it, I think two of the four are immediately off. I don't I don't think Washington has any incentive to trade Terry unless they get unless they get some offer that we wouldn't even think of. I'm talking like it would have to be in the 22 and 28 from Green Bay or 29 and 30 from Kansas City for them to even entertain it because they, if they get rid of Terry, then they would just, they'd immediately be selecting another receiver to fill the hole that is leaving with Terry. Right. And the same thing goes with the Titans and AJ Brown, because whether we disagree and we don't think Tennessee is going to be in the AFC championship game next year, or even the Super Bowl, I personally do not think they will be. The fact of the matter is, is they're entering the draft like they're competing for the Super Bowl. Right. So I think that also is going to eliminate AJ Brown. And normally I would say the same for San Francisco, but I don't know if you guys saw, but Debo Samuel deleted like all of his 49ers Instagram posts. And that's usually a sign of, Oh, let's put it on everyone's radar. Like I want out of here type thing, but I could be wrong on this in Debo's case. I do think uh, a new contract and 25 million reasons might change his stance, but out of all four of those, I think DK is easily the one, that would most likely be traded because Seattle is, I mean, what, what are they doing? Drew Locke, is that who we're rolling in the 2022 with? I mean, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Does, does DK want any part of that? To me, the answer, it would be hell no. I mean, he's going to defend his guy on social media, but to me, DK is uh, out of those four, the most likely to be traded. And even then Seattle wouldn't want to trade him because they'd have another hole to fill. And I'd put DK's chances at most 50, 50. Right ahead, okay, with um, I know there's there's been some changes, you know, within your division. Nothing too crazy. 
So I would say, what do you what do you think your chances are for the 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 Vikings to um take the the division this year? Well, for 2022 specifically, I don't think Chicago and Detroit are threats right now. So um, it's pretty much a 50-50 shot between us and Green Bay. And, you know, Green Bay lost a lot this offseason. They didn't just lose Devontae Adams. They lost – there was a corner they lost. I can't think of off the top of my head. But they, they lost several other pieces. And with Green Bay, what people may not realize is when we were healthy, we beat them. And we beat them 34-31 at U.S. Bank Stadium in week 11. And they, they kicked the crap out of us in week 17. We had Sean Mannion starting. But we beat them when we're healthy. And what's there was a stat that came out a couple of days ago where the Vikings were out of 686 defenses since the turn of the century. They were ranked dead last in terms of touchdowns given up in the last four minutes of the half. Now, I don't think it's, an, you know, I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation to not be – near 700th in terms of rankings with a new coaching staff so that's going to shore up a lot of points right there not necessarily going to win us you know six seven more games but with the deficiencies that green bay now has and with the losses that they had and the additions that we've made like stealing a edge rusher from them i think it's 50 50 honestly maybe 55 45 in our favor Wow. Of, course, of course I'm biased, admittedly, of course. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think just losing Devontae Adams, um, I feel like if um, y'all both have, have saw what Green Bay has been doing without without Devontae Adams, it just seems like it's a short end of a stick. And it's going to be hard for Rodgers to actually have a target, you know, to have that number one target because it seems like it was a struggle without Adams. Absolutely. And what's what people – would you know of course Aaron's going to make players look better than they are I mean that's that's naturally going to happen right but what people don't realize is or maybe they just you know haven't put two and two together in in some cases is Devonte is who he is because of a decade nearly a decade of work it's not like Devonte came in in 2014 as that player you know Devonte it took him three or four years for him to get a thousand for a single 1000 yard season let alone what he's done the past two years Right, of course. And um, last question. Um, I am I am looking at Twitter right now, and I see the rumors are saying that um, the two teams to watch for it, uh, the Giants and Vikings, I know y'all have the number twelve pick, but it's a possibility that y'all might be uh, trading up. If y'all if y'all trading up, would you think y'all would want to go with with Sauce with Sauce Garner? Or... Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, if we're if we're trading up, which I I wouldn't be I mean, I'll, I'll put it like this. Initially, I wouldn't be a huge fan. But as a fan, I would convince myself like, you know, hell yeah, like we just got the best corner of the draft. You know, I'd be talking, I'd be talking shit on Twitter. But, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's what I, you know, I, 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 I chirp on Twitter. But no, it's uh, it would be not ideal from a depth standpoint, because we don't have a fourth round pick because you guys you know, in a, in a bad situation when a, when a tight end and Irv Smith had a season-ending injury, you guys fleeced us for that fourth. So it was a good decision by Joe Douglas there to trade Chris Herndon to us. But, you know, we don't have a selection from 77 the whole way to 156. So it scares me with the possibility of trading up. But the only player I believe at this point in time that we trade up for is Sauce Gardner. Um, go right ahead, Kyle. Um, I would say don't – I was just going to say don't feel bad uh, – about the the fleecing thing, uh, there's there's a there's a growing list of teams that's you know 
has been affected. You know, the, the Carolina Panthers, I know they're, they're looking at their trade as like what, and, and especially the Seattle Seahawks after they gave up two first round picks for um, Adam. So I think the, the fourth that you guys lost, you know, <laughs> Could be worse. don't feel too bad about, you know, but honestly, as I said, me personally, I would say don't quite give up on Herndon yet. But like I said, his rookie year with us, like he was making some really spectacular plays and there was a lot of promise to him. And at the end of the day, it, to me, it was Adam Gase that really ruined him. So I would say, hopefully, if you get the right guys in there, he can, not to say that he's going to be the, like the starting flashy guy or whatever, but he, I do feel that he can be a productive tight end for you guys. Yeah, I mean, at any time, any production would not be unwelcomed. <laughs> so I'd be, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for Chris becoming, you know, I'm all for Chris becoming a top two or three tight end of the league. Believe me, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely hear you, but um, I know we're running out of time. Um, if for the for the people that's listening, uh, would you mind giving out your Twitter and your YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. My uh, my YouTube is Football Analysis. Um, you know, on there, talk about the Jets. I did a, a video a couple weeks ago, and the New York Jets are doing everything right. I truly believe that. And uh, my Twitter is football analysis at FB anal- analysis BU. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a long story in terms of how that, why it's BU and not just F ball analysis. But that, that's what the Twitter <laughs> is. But absolutely, fellas, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much for joining us, man. Um, yeah, we definitely appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you on again soon, um, maybe, maybe after the draft or maybe while training camp is starting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's it for our pod. That's it for the episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter again. And for Jets fans, y'all can um, follow us for only Jets fans. Um, just search NY Jets fans on Facebook. And, um, and again, myself and Kyle will welcome y'all with open arms. We do this for y'all every week. We're close to episode 200. When we hit that 200 episode, we're going to make sure we're going to make that very special. And that's, I think, the next 10 episodes. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out for y'all. But until next week, we're taking flight.